Bibles with you this morning will be in the book of Matthew, excuse me, John, John chapter 4 is where we'll be in the scriptures today, but uh, a good question before we get to the scripture uh, today to, to think about is why we're here. Why do we uh, why do we make the effort to come to church? Why do we gather together in a certain building? Uh, you know the the biggest reason I believe that we we get together as as God's people should be worship. And worship is a uh, is one thing that every church has in common. I don't care what kind of church you are, what denomination you are, what city you're based in, uh, wherever they're located, the reason that they exist is so people can worship. And the only reason I hope that you came this morning is to to worship. It may have been to learn something. It may have been to see somebody. But the biggest reason that we have is the same reason that every church gets together every Sunday, Saturday, Tuesday. I don't, I don't care what day they get together. It's worship. And uh, that's what we have to uh, think about as Christians today. Worship is what defines us out of everybody else, out of anything. Our church, as a church in this community... How we worship and who we worship makes us who we are. It makes us different. And I think that every one of us knows that. Worship doesn't uh, just define us as a church. It defines us, each and every one of us, as individuals. Each one of us worships differently. You know, uh, I, I've, over the years, uh, I've been to different churches, been part of different churches, and I'll tell you, uh, I've never been at a church that was the same as the last church I was at. They're all different. Or liable to go into one that's people shouting, people going crazy, people having a good time. You're liable to see aisle runners. You're liable to see somebody, I ain't been to that, but you might be seeing somebody handling snakes. I, I ain't done that, I ain't seen it myself, but we know it exists. You're liable to see some churches that are very solemn, very quiet. You're liable to see churches that fill up altars every Sunday, and some that don't. And when I was younger in the ministry, uh, I used to gauge a church by really how they responded. I, I really did. And inside of my own mind, I thought that, well, they, they went to an altar. That, that's great. That's, 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 they, they follow the Lord. Oh, well, they, they really said amen a lot. They had a, that's a good spiritual church. And I eventually learned that, that that's not true. Uh, churches that fill up altars sometimes have more problems than the ones that are solemn and quiet. And uh, we as God's people have to understand that worship is different. Worship is different in certain churches. Worship is different for individuals. Worship is different. Uh, how I worship the Lord is probably way, way different than most of the people here on how you worship the Lord. You may worship the Lord whatever way you choose, but worshiping God is why the church exists. Worshiping God, I hope, is the only reason that you're here. And that's the only reason that I'm here. Uh, you know, I... I I have heard it described that Christianity is you take uh, irreligious people, people that are not religious, and you give them something that they worship. You give them something that worships the world, uh, somebody that's defined by what's going on around them, how their home looks, how everything, their job, whatever. That's how they base their life. And when they become somebody that bases their life on worshiping God, that's Christianity. That's when you really turn over a new leaf, and when you receive salvation. And uh, this morning, we want to look at a couple different places in Scripture where it talks about worship. And we want to try to uh, not take them out of context. We want to try to apply them for really what they mean and how they should be taken. And there's a lot of things that I won't discuss because there's, uh, we could be here all day. 
uh, discussing worship in the Old Testament and the New Testament and how they differ and how they look to each people. Uh, but the first uh, place that we want to look is in the book of John, and it's in chapter 4 of John where I've already told you to turn. It says that Jesus, if you read the whole story, Jesus and his disciples are traveling through an area in Samaria. Uh, they go through a place called Sakar, and uh, they get to a certain well in the middle of a day, and they find a woman there at the well. And once again, I won't tell you the whole story, but most of us know the story of the woman at the well. Uh, he starts to question some things in her life. In fact, uh, I believe that so many things were going on that the woman tries to change the subject. In fact, he says, well, you, you're, you've been married to multiple husbands, and the one that you're living with now is not your husband. And she quickly tries to change the subject, and that's where we'll start. If you would please stand, we'll start reading with uh, chapter 4, verse 19. Uh, chapter 4, verse 19 of the book of Matthew, it says, The woman saith unto the man, Sir, I perceive that thou art a prophet. Our fathers worshipped in, in this mountain, and ye say that in Jerusalem is the place where men ought to worship. Jesus said unto her, Woman, believe me, thou art cometh, when ye shall neither in this mountain nor yet at Jerusalem worship the Father. You worship, ye know not what, uh, know not what. Ye, ye know what we worship for salvation is of the Jews. And the hour cometh, and now is, when the true worshiper shall worship the Father in spirit and in truth, for the Father seeketh such to worship Him. God is a spirit, and they that worship Him must worship Him in spirit and in truth. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank You for allowing us to come together here this morning. We uh, pray, Lord, that You'll take this Scripture, that You'll help us, Lord, that You'll help us understand, Lord, uh, uh, what it is that You want us to do when You're in Your house. Lord, we just pray that You'll continue to bless, lead, guide, and direct. Watch over those that are assembled here this morning and those that aren't with us this morning for whatever reason it may be. You know every heart and every life, and we thank You for those, uh, for those people that are dedicated, for those people that are praying, for those people that are looking out and asking for leadership and guidance within our church. In Jesus' name I ask, Amen. You can be uh, seated this morning now. It talks about worship. When he's talking to this lady, she, I think it's very interesting that she turns the subject uh, to worship. Now, that's not usually uh, what people of the world do. I, I usually don't talk to people uh, about the Lord or, or try to counsel somebody on anything. And they say, well, uh, uh, they say that we got to worship at this church or that church or, or go over here. And Lord, help us. Uh, if you've been a Christian very long and talked to very many people, uh, you talk to different denominations or beliefs, uh, there are some that believe that the only way you can get to heaven is go to their exact church and be baptized by their pastor or you ain't going to heaven and that's sad today there's there's not just one there's multiple i don't have to call a particular one out well if you don't go to this church there's no way you're going to go to heaven and and the word of god doesn't teach that the word of god shows us a simple way to be saved we know that a belief in him that faith is the only way to be saved today but this lady turns the subject in terms of what she wants to talk about to well, Jesus, uh, you say that we have to go being a Jew, uh, that we have to go to the temple. And my forefathers said we have to go up on this mountainside. And if you understand the Samaritans, uh, uh, they had built a sort of a temple up on a mountainside because they were not allowed to go uh, into the temple of the Jews. And, and knowing that the Gentiles, the Samaritans, the different people, uh, they didn't intermingle. If you understand, there was a big racist problem in this, in this city. In fact, she kind of questioned Jesus uh, 
uh, you being a Jew, talk to me, a Samaritan. Uh, and Lord, help us. Uh, we, we see this. We see racism today. We see uh, different problems in our communities and our churches, just like this lady saw. And she fo- focused on that. She said, well, we, we, we focus on these different things. We, Lord, we, we have uh, different things going on. Uh, but I want to talk about where we worship. And I want to I want to really get out of this a, a few particular things about worship. Uh, worship is not a place. Understand today that this building is not the only place. I hope uh, that you worship God. Now, the only reason that we get together on Sundays is to come here and worship God. Uh, but I hope that during your entire week, there are moments, there are days, there are hours, whatever, that you worship God. If you go through the motions six days of the week and come on Sundays and think you're going to worship God, hey, that might be why sometimes there's nothing we get out of the service. It might be sometimes that we don't feel anything in our services, that we, we aren't uh, uh, convicted, we don't go through certain things. You see, worship can happen anywhere. Anywhere. And some people think that we're crazy. Uh, I've heard stories told before that, yeah, I worship the Lord in the shower. I worship the Lord in my car. When I get to work, I worship the Lord. I honor Him. I observe what His teachings throughout the day. And no matter how we worship or where we worship, I want you to realize something. It doesn't matter what we have. We could go rent a tent and put it up on the side of the highway up here. And if we got together, you know what that would be. That'd be worship. We can go down to a strip mall and find a church built in a strip mall, and guess what we'd go to if we went in? We'd go to somewhere that worships. And no matter where we go, what it looks like, how it's built, what its windows look like, there are so many people that, that have an idea that they, <laughs> we build an opinion on what a church looks like, how old it is, how, how it looks, brick, vinyl side, and there's, there's some sort of reasoning behind this that I have not ever got. I was recently talking to somebody, and they were talking about, yeah, that church down at that strip mall. And they were sort of saying it condescending. Yeah, they're they're down there in that strip mall. And I said, what's wrong with that? God can't be there? They can't worship God there? And it's sad today that this was a Christian, and this was a preacher. This was somebody that's been in church most of their life, and they were being condescending about what a church looked like. You know, the whole purpose that it's there is worship. And that's the only reason that it's there. This is if we set up a tent, if we went in a strip mall, if we went down the road to whatever kind of church you want to go to, it's only there for worship. It's not about a certain place, and it's also about, not about a style. Okay, The Samaritans worship God very differently than the Jews. If you study about how, how they worshipped and when they worshipped and what they did, they wanted to be different than the Jews. They did. And there's churches that pop up each and every day uh, on each and every corner all over this state, all over this country. And guess what they do? They try to be a little bit different than the churches they've been to. They try to be different than where they've been. And you know what happens to those churches? You know what the people in the other churches uh, that are traditional, uh, that are set up to sing hymns, they get, they get mad and make fun of those other churches. Well, I've heard it. And it's sick. It is sick that somebody makes fun of them because they sing contemporary music. Because they preach out of a different Bible translation. Lord help us. That they, 
That they do something different than we do. They worship different than we. we Lord, help us. We all worship differently. We, we treat it differently. We look at it differently. We, we act differently. And there are people that will raise hands, that will say amen, that will go through different things and worship. It's different. We don't all do it the same. And praise the Lord, if you raise hands during service, bless you. And if you say amen, bless you. If you get up and run the aisles, bless you too. I'm not here to judge on how we worship God. The Bible tells us to worship Him and in spirit and in truth. And I don't know how to define those sometimes. There's, a pretty, there's multiple ways to translate that. There's multiple ways to apply that to our life. But we know that, that worship is not about a certain style. We know it's not about a certain place. Uh, friends, it's time that we quit attacking people in the church and start, start building together. No matter how we worship, no matter how we look, no matter how we get together, no matter what the preacher wears. I, I, I heard it said years ago and it came out of my mouth too. I want you to understand something. When I'm talking about worship and I'm talking about shortcomings, it came out of my mouth just as much as it did anybody else's until I learned better. And when I saw a preacher get up in t-shirt and blue jeans, boy, that got me angry. It used to. It used to make me so mad that I would see a preacher get up, he don't have on a suit. Uh, he don't have his hair fixed a certain way. He's wearing a t-shirt and blue jeans. And that may offend you this morning that I'm even saying those things and that they're okay. The Word of God tells us to worship God in spirit and in truth. Everybody's different. Everybody worships Him different. And we want to take a look at Matthew chapter 21, verses 12 through 13. And Jesus went into the temple of God and cast out all of them that sold and bought in the temple and overthrew the tables of the money changers and the seats of them that sold doves. And said unto them, It is written, My house shall be called the house of prayer, but ye have made it a den of thieves. I believe that we've got to think about that God, this place is not a place that we, we think about a certain area, a certain style of worship. Uh, and another thing is we, we think my house should be called a house of prayer. He was quoting Isaiah 5, chapter, uh, chapter 56, excuse me, Isaiah 56, uh, verse 7. And I'd like for us to read that real quick. Also the sons of the stranger that join themselves to the Lord to serve Him and to, to the name of the Lord to be His servants, everyone that keepeth the Sabbath from polluting it and taking hold of my covenant. And in verse 7 it says, Even them will I bring to my holy mountain and make them joyful in my house of prayer. Their burnt offerings and their sacrifices shall be accepted upon mine altar, for mine house shall be called a house of prayer for all People. That's Isaiah 56, 6 through 7. What Jesus is quoting there that my, uh, my temple, my place, uh, that God's house uh, will not be a den of thieves. And some people think that uh, selling something in the church or, or doing something, I want you to understand what they were doing. Uh, they were robbers, is what one translation uses it here, instead of thieves. Uh, uh, they were setting up and using temple money. And I think that it's really sad. They were taking temple money and exchanging temple money for certain goods. Uh, and they had to have so much temple money to be able to, to do these things. So instead of using their own money, uh, they would have to come in and exchange their, their regular money for temple money because it was, you know, uh, good enough. And then they took their temple money and they had to buy their sacrifices with that. So they were double dipping. They, they were hurting the exchange rate. And then they would turn around and upsell them. Oh, this dove here, this was uh, high grade. It, it'll forgive you of all your problems. Uh, they had made the temple a joke. 
Uh, they had made the temple, if you've got enough money, uh, anything can be forgiven. Uh, and I know of certain beliefs and certain denominations or, or groupings of believers uh, uh, that say, hey, if you give enough money, uh, we'll wipe this clean. There are certain things that do that. There are certain beliefs uh, that still teach that today, even one of the oldest that we have in this country. Uh, but we have to understand that this uh, is very simple to look at. Uh, we, we have to see the first thing that we see uh, is that true worship uh, begins with a connection to God. The only way that we can truly worship today is we have to first begin that we are connected to God. It says in verse 6, For the sons of the stranger that join themselves to the Lord. So in this teachings in the book of Isaiah chapter 56 verse 6, it gives us sort of a three-step highlight of how we worship God. Okay? The first step is that we have to be join themselves to the Lord. Now, an easy way to understand that, if you take that word join and look it up in Hebrew, of what they used uh, is trying to describe the single strain of a rope and another strain of a rope, and you're binding that rope together and you're making rope. You know how ropes are made out of multiple fibers is wove together? That word that they used in join, uh, uh, they put themselves together, that's what they're talking about. Uh, we should be joined to the Lord. Uh, in so many ways, we should be almost inseparable. Everything that the Lord wants us to do, we do it. We follow Him. We go according to His will. Uh, each and every one of us today, I believe, uh, understands that. An easy way to understand it is to think of a three-legged man race. Now, if anybody's ever seen a three-legged man race, uh, it's one of the funniest things that you can watch. Uh, they'll take two people uh, and they'll tie one's right leg to the other one's left leg uh, and they'll say run down and get to that point down there and you'll see some people that will take off and they'll run almost like they've run together their whole life they'll just take off uh, and never let up uh, you'll see the person next to them uh, they'll take two steps they won't even take one step uh, and they'll be on the ground uh, why because one's trying to go one way one's trying to go another way one's trying to be different faster slower uh, and the other ones that succeed run in union. They run together. They are connected, okay? It's the same way today in our church. If we want to be connected to God, we've got to do and follow what He tells us to do exactly when the, you've even heard them if you've ever seen a three-legged man race. I say one of them says, all right, left, right, left, right. The other one will be doing the opposite to make sure they're following exactly what they need to do. There takes, that takes talk. It takes communication. It takes understanding. Uh, I want you to understand today, church, if we want to worship God, uh, we have to understand Him. Uh, we have to follow Him. Uh, we have to try our best to slow down uh, and listen to what He tells us to do. If we want union in the church, that's how we do it. If we want worship, we have to be connected. We do. We have to be connected to God. In the beginning of worship is surrendering ourselves to God's will. Keeping it in rhythm. Following God. First thing we have to do is be in connection with God. Be going in motion with Him. Second thing we do is our worship continues with a focus on God. So we have to be connected, and then we have to focus. We see in Isaiah chapter 56, verse 6, is the next part of this, also the sons of the strangers shall join themselves together to serve Him and to love the name of the Lord. There's three verbs. We started off with, with serve, 
We followed it with love. Classic examples. I want you to realize something. There was a time that when there was a lady that came into Jesus and she had a very expensive perfume. And what did she do? She broke it at His feet and rubbed it all over His feet. It was a type of perfume that once you opened it, it was pretty much, you had to use it then or you had to seal it back up. Uh, but she took and she broke it on Jesus' feet. Do you think that there was something normal uh, going on in that woman's life? Everybody looked at her and said, my goodness, she took a very expensive alabaster box of ointment and broke it on Jesus' feet. What is she doing? Do you think they had an ointment breaking contest that week? Do you think that there were others breaking their ointments and putting it on Jesus' feet? Do you think that that was something that was normal in that time? No. It was very different. And so many times we look and we see somebody that's worshiping God a little different. And we say, that's not right. She worshiped God in a way that she sought the Lord, that she focused on the Lord. There was everybody else around, but she didn't care. She did exactly what she needed to do. She came in and laid everything that she owned. All her worldly possessions were right there. And she gave them to the Lord. What can we do as God's people that we've now connected with the Lord and now we focus on God. Everything in our lives are focused on God. Everything that we do is focused on God. When we're in church, we ain't worried about eating. We ain't worried about uh, the pastor's uh, shirt. We ain't worried about the lights hitting us in our eyeballs. We ain't worried about that kind of stuff. We come to church to worship Him by connecting with Him and by focusing on Him. Not me. Not me. We have to focus on Him. We have to worship by connecting with God. We have to focus on Him. The third thing that we see in this Scripture is joy. It's joy. Now, I've talked about this enough times that I, I, I get up and I should be smiling when I start the message, but I catch myself midway. I'm not smiling enough. I, I should have joy. Unspeakable, as the Bible tells us, we should be happy. But we get to Isaiah, the next verse in, first, in chapter 56, verse 7. Even them, it says this. It says the, the children of the strangers. And we back up and look. It's talking about everybody. All right? They're going to come in here. They're going to connect with the Lord. They're going to focus on the Lord. You know what they're going to get? Joy. Even them will I bring to my holy mountain and make them what? And make them joyful. Hey, can y'all smile with me this morning? Uh, they make them joyful. Amen. Yeah. And make them joyful. I'm going to say it enough times. All of you are going to smile. Joyful. That's what they did. They, God will take you up to a high mountain. Make you feel indestructible. Make you feel full of the Holy Spirit. If you connect with Him. If you focus on Him. He is the only reason that we're here. Our worship is defined by how we connect how we focus, and the joy in your lives. If you're worshiping and you ain't got joy, something is wrong. If you're worshiping saying, yeah, praise the Lord. Something's wrong with us. Praise God this morning. We've got a Savior that loves us. Uh, that we should sing louder than we've ever sung before. We should pray harder than we've ever prayed before. God is good to us. He gives us joy. Only reason I'm here. Only reason I'm here. Only reason I showed up late. <laughs> Tell you what, years ago, if I wasn't a pastor, I showed up late. I just got about halfway down here and said, I ain't going. <laughs> I ain't walking in the church doors late. I used to look at it like I said, I get there late, I ain't showing up. My wife will tell you, she showed up one time. She was late to my house going to church about five minutes late. And I told her, I guess we're sitting home because I ain't going there late. <laughs> That's the wrong attitude. 
I got down here and realized it was going to be late. I said, oh, well, they're going to get this. I'm going to rejoice. I'm going to worship the Lord. I don't care if they're mad if I'm late or not. God loves us. I love Him. There is no other reason that I'm here other than I've come to worship God. There's a story about Ben and Jerry's ice cream that I read this week. Everybody knows Ben and Jerry's ice cream. Did you know that the owners got together, they dropped out of college, and they ordered a pamphlet. I think it was maybe five bucks back in them days. They wanted to know how to make ice cream. And they said, we're going to take this pamphlet. And they got it in the mail, and they started working on making ice cream. And we know what Ben and Jerry's is now. It's one, it is the largest specialty ice cream manufacturer, I believe, in the world, Ben and Jerry's is. And they got together, and they did this, and did it for a few years. And you know what they realized? About a few years into it, they said, this is work. This is hard. We don't like this. So they got together, and they focused on something. You know what they did? They, they created a position called the director. Now, you can read about this all you want to. It's called the director of joy. That's what they did. They said, we, we need to find joy in this. So this person, all they do is they try to find ways to interject joy into their company, into their factories, into the places that they, they work, into the places they serve food. You know, when Wall Street crashed a few years back and we had a horrible dropout, you know what they were doing? They were on the streets of Wall Street passing out free ice cream. They were there because they realized at a certain point, they said, you know, the only reason our business exists is to bring people joy. Think about ice cream now. You can tell by looking at me. Okay, when I hear about ice cream, yeah, I'll show up. Yeah, I like ice cream. Same way that most of us do. Ice cream's delicious for the, for the most part. Okay? And they realize that. Today, we're God's chosen people. We're saved. We've got something better than the whole world can get. Our business, our business today, just as Ben and Jerry's is, is to bring people joy. Okay? There's a world that's downtrodden, that's defeated, that's beat up that's going through the motions, that's lost everything they've owned, that is suffering immensely, that are sick, that are hurting. We've got church members that are hurting, that are sick, that are going through hard times. Our business is joy. We have to focus on God. We have to focus on Him, our relationship, and we can bring them joy. There's no better feeling than to make people smile and laugh. That's why if you've been around me very long, you go, if you go spend much time with me, I, I like to make jokes. I like to smile. Right in the middle of something going wrong, I'll crack a joke. People don't like that sometimes. But I like joy. I like smiling. I like laughter. There's no better feeling to me than laughing with some of our friends. And if joy is our product today, I want you to realize that's what it is. If joy is our product, we are free. I want you to understand. We are free to find new, creative ways to pass on that joy to whoever we can. No matter where you're at, how you worship, where you're you going, what color your skin is, uh, how you sing, where you sing, what kind of music you sing, what kind of Bibles you're preaching from. I don't care how that offends you this morning, but we're in the business of joy. Maybe Christians can learn something from Ben and Jerry's. They can they focused on joy. Sometimes we go to church, and I wonder if y'all just uh, focusing on being sad. <laughs> hey, you'll catch me in that, <laughs> that kind of attitude sometimes. We're focusing on frowns. 
Who can we make frown this Sunday? Who can be bored for 30 minutes while the preacher's preaching? We can finally get out of here. Uh, who can be a little hungrier when we leave? Uh, you know, we're, we're in the business of joy, not in hunger, not in thirst, not in any of that other business, not in focusing on something else, worrying about your problems. We are in the business of joy. If you can't smile today, if you can't think about the joy uh, that we've got, I want you to realize that true worship, what Jesus expects, has nothing to do with the buildings, the places. It has nothing to do with style, contemporary, traditional. It has nothing to do with the translation of your Bible. It has nothing to do with the color of our building or whatever. Uh, True worship happens when we connect to God. We are focused on God. We're filled with His joy. Remember that, church, when we are looking for Him, when we find Him, we connect with Him, we focus on Him, and then we have joy. That's a simple recipe. It is. <laughs> I can't, it can't get a lot simpler than that. I hope and I pray that each and every person here came and has worshipped. I, I really do. I feel like a, like a lot of you have, have felt like you've worshipped today. You, you, you've obeyed the Spirit. I hope that each and every one of you have, have prayed, have studied. I, I know that not everybody's week is perfect. I know that you've fallen short. I know that you're not a, a perfect prince or princess or whatever it is in your life. But I hope, I hope that you worship today. I hope that you continue to worship. You go through Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and say, Zach, you're asking a lot of me. I'm saying he gave us a lot. We need to worship him. Obey him. Spend time with him. Pray to him. Read about him. Can we discuss him with friends? There's no better. I can pray all I want to, but a discussion with a friend about God, about Jesus Christ, it don't get no better than that. My wife gets mad at me sometimes. Sometimes i got a friend. We'll go out. We'll come back. We'll park right in front of the house. We'll sit up there and talk for 45 minutes. I'm supposed to be home at 10 because, you know, i got a, I got a curfew. We pull up at 10. I say, all right, we're home. We're going to talk about the Lord now. We stay there for 45 minutes talking about the Lord. Talking about this, talking about that. You know why? brings joy. It brings joy to talk about the Lord. I hope that it brings you joy. As they get a, get up here and get a verse of some sing, I ask our musicians to come forward. I hope that each and every one of our lives are focused on joy. Are you worshiping today? That's really what we have to ask ourselves. Are we really worshiping? I had so much joy this morning, I didn't even realize I went for 30 minutes. That ain't normal. I went a little longer than normal. You know why? Because it gives me joy. Because it's a blessing. Because I've been up here smiling so long, I didn't even realize just how good it's been to have been in the house of God. I hope that you realize this morning that if you are worshiping, praise the Lord. Continue to worship. And if you're not worshiping, I hope that you realize you need to. Connect with Him. Focus on Him. Praise His name and have joy. As we sing, what page you got? 81. Page 81 this morning.